neighborinos. Welcome to episode 18 of Press YYZ, a safe space where a few Canadians get together, talk about video games every week, and just generally act foolish for y'all's entertainment. You can check us out on Twitter at Press YYZ and pass along any constructive feedback you may have. If it's not constructive, send it directly to Times Hero on Twitter. Uh, this show Hell is yeah. recorded live in front of a digital audience every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash pressyyz. This week Indeed. we're going to... <laughs> I'm not through it yet, goddammit. <laughs> this week we're going to talk about more planned summer game showcase events and wrap things up with a game of 5x5 five five where we will rank the best licensed video games ever. I'm your host for the, for the episode, Mr. Mitch George, joined by... He has his head in the clouds, AJ Fraser. Le- Cholera is no joke, guys. Let me let me be serious. Our resident film student, Alex Ballant. You forgot pretentious. My last was, video proved that. I was being nice. Your last <laughs> video was phenomenal. Everyone go check out Alex's last video that he put out. It's very, very special. You retweeted it, right? I definitely did. Uh, we're also joined tonight by our I French connection, Alexander we are joined tonight by our French connection, Alexander Cozy Cozina. Yeah, I just want to say that I retweeted it as well. And Thank wrapping you. things up, the man of many hats, Nathan McInerney. Um, I'd like to begin today with a quote from Stitches from Animal Crossing last week. Don't let nobody lie to you. Folks love late night surprises. That's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So other than creepy Animal Crossing encounters, what have you been up to, Nathan? Um, I've had a few things. Uh, obviously, I'm still playing Animal Crossing, although I feel like I'm slowing down on it somehow. So, yes, finally. Maybe, what? I mean, we just got to wait um, we'll till the next big update. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a few days, there's going to be a whole bunch of new fish and bugs to catch. So, uh, we'll oh, see, It's almost we'll see June. There. Jesus. Um, but... Uh, so I did, played uh, two games that I want to talk about quickly. One's called Golf with Your Friends. I actually joined the kind of funny New York uh, guys for a Memorial Day golf tournament, uh, playing that on Monday night, and we had a ton of fun playing on. Yeah, the that sounded like a blast. Um, it was complete chaos. We had ball collision turned on, so our balls were continuously banging against each other. Um, I love it when that happens. I, hate I don't. It when that happens. Uh, and. So it was a really good time. I really, really enjoy that game. Uh, hoping uh, maybe we can get some more people together to play that game. I I um, thought about hopping into that, but I didn't really... I couldn't justify paying full price for that game, at least for now. I know a lot of people are having a good time with it, but I got too much else to play, man. I know. I love golf games, so I was like, uh, I didn't own it yet. I was like, you know what? When I saw the invitation from Kyle, I was like, I'm going to take it. I downloaded it, and then uh, we went from there. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a really fun, uh, really fun game. Hoping to spend some more time with it with some people. So, and then another game I played, uh, Punch Fly Boom. It's an anime fighting game uh, that basically takes place in an arena, and you fly all over the place with these weird monstrosities, and you can, like, attack people, and you basically fly into each other and then you attack and it kind of plays like rock, paper, scissors. You pick them like pick an action and then whichever action wins and you can like knock them into buildings and throw buildings at people. And it's all very 2d and cartoonish. Um, but I had a lot of time with that. Just wasn't very deep, but it's uh, really fun just to have those anime, uh, anime battles. You mean a game called crash bang boom wasn't deep. Color me surprised. No punch fly boom. Whatever, it's all the same thing. Cozy, what have you been up to this week? 
Uh, I just want to mention, by the way, I've been looking a little bit at some punch fly boom footage. This is, I, I mean, I feel like just saying it's an anime game isn't <laughs> describing it in its entirety. There's a lot of weird visual stuff going on this, here. That I'm, I'm watching the the, uh, the feed of the stream that you've got up there, and that almost looks a little more like an MS Paint game than an anime. Yeah, it looks like something I would see on Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and I feel like it looks it, it's cool. professionally yeah. done MS Paint, to be clear. Like, it doesn't yes. look like this was created by amateurs, but it is, it's very distinctive. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it, it has a unique art style, which, like, I get it's not quite anime. I think it's trying to replicate the anime battles, necessarily, not the art style, which is something I know in my yeah. review. You get a lot more crisp, uh, crisp lines in the anime art style. Uh, MS Paint's a good thing. I almost thought Flash game uh, when, when I was playing it. Like it kind of looks like a flash game that you'd expect from the '90s. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I. That's kind of like a like something you'd go on uh, and look at on uh, Newgrounds or something. Yeah, but like oh yeah okay yeah, it just went into a butt. Okay, <laughs> that's the adult yep. swim. Yeah, aspect of and it. the Newgrounds. Yep, it's Cozy, a good time. Have you been playing any Cozy? Have you been playing any games with butts? I guys, I have something that I need to confess. I have played become... Animal Crossing. No. Oh, I've thank become, God. We don't need another person talking about that damn game. This is a game that we've already talked about in the past as well, but I have become obsessed with Apex Legends. Surprise, yeah. surprise. So much Good so game. that I actually purchased the Battle Pass for Apex Whoa, Legends what? like three days ago. Yeah. Wow. I, like, it was this thing where, like, I was playing a ton of Apex Legends. I was you know, getting into competitive mode. I'm currently a rank one silver player and I'm soon going to be getting over into the gold ranks. And it was this kind of thing where I'm like, I'm playing this much. I feel like I I would be missing out if I didn't get the battle pass. Well, missing out isn't the right word. It's sort of like I'm playing an awful lot and I feel like I want to, you know, be rewarded the most for the amount of hours that I'm putting in the game. I want my hours to be to like mean that much more and it's like well if i'm earning all these additional weapons because of the battle pass for the amount of hours they put in well might as well subscribe to that i have a question for you cozy it's not something i added to the news dump and i probably should have because it was sort of a late news item that broke before we started recording the show but another game that i've sunk money into that is of a free-to-play model that i really appreciate what the devs are doing and one i know you're is also near and dear to you is pokemon go so they announced today that Pokemon Go Fest is going to be an at-home affair. It's going to be a global event. With yeah. that being the case, do you think that's something else that you're going to... It's something I'm very much considering. Is it something you're thinking about investing in as well? 100%. I mean, I was planning on going to two Pokemon Go Safari Zones in the States uh, before both of them got postponed due to the coronavirus so there's no reason i'm not going to attempt this in fact i had every intention of going to the pokemon go fest that was happening last year but in the previous few years it's been this weird thing where like you kind of have to like win a lottery effectively to be able to go to the event like you're not you can't just purchase a ticket and bada bing bada boom you're going yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, ho I'm hoping there isn't as much of a lottery system this year because it is an at-home event and it seems like Niantic likes money. So they're not trying to like I can Im I can imagine that the lottery was to sort of limit the amount of people in a physical space. Exactly. Now they don't have to worry about that. So we'll have to wait and see what comes of that. But what we don't have to wait for is to find out what Balance been up to this week. 
So, I'm not going to talk about Halo this week, even though I have been playing it. You're going to talk I about Halo been... this week. No, I'm not. Um, I just had to I had to say it at least once. It's like it's like a tick that I've got at this point. Um, but I've been playing quite a few games, uh, for one of which is uh, just I, can, I feel like I can get it off really quickly because I played it literally today before this podcast, is the uh, Destroy All Humans remake released a demo on GOG just inexplicably. It's the first mission of the game. Really? And yeah, it's it's on GOG. I don't know if it's on like PlayStation or Xbox yet, but I, oh, I check downloaded it. Yeah, it's um so I was a huge huge fan of the original Destroy All Humans mm-hmm. game, uh both of them on the original Xbox. Uh and it's a really faithful remake of it. It's uh from what I can tell it's uh it's done by THQ Nordic. I don't know who the developer is specifically who is working on the remake of it, but it's from the ground up. And I was a little wary about its existence just on the sense that on the PlayStation 4 right now, you can buy the original Destroy All Humans and play it in HD. Like, it still looks like a PS2 game, but you can still play it. But they've changed, they've made a lot of quality of life changes to the mechanics of the game where there's no longer, like, there's no longer uh, needing to, like, one of the mechanics of the game is after you kill a human, you can extract their brain and get DNA points. And when you do that in the original game, you had to like lock on and you had to like tap the the do the button for it like a bunch of times and there was like a progress bar that now it's just a one button press and it just see, feels like it's streamlined a little bit more. They've also added like mechanics of like instead of your the jetpack you have, you're flying instead of gliding. It's actually really and I just have to say the art style is really really like it's pretty it's a very good looking game but it's not trying to be photorealistic it's very much trying to be like stylistic still and it it's the mars attacks of video games and i think now when i was i was on the fence about the remake i'm definitely buying it in july when it comes out i i have very fond memories renting that thing from blockbuster and coming home and playing the crap out of it for like the weekend yeah one year when it originally came out it's it's a very very good game yeah it's really fun it's just it's fun getting in a flying saucer and obliterating humans destroying them all it's it's a really if if it is available on PlayStation or Xbox, I assume if it's not right now it will be soon it's weird because it was only available on GOG um so I don't know what the status of it is, but uh, if and when you get a chance to, to play it, because I have a feeling though they will release it wide, um, definitely download it and give it a try. Because it's only like 20 minutes too, which is really yeah, nice. It doesn't make sense not to. Um, yeah. And actually that segues pretty well into something I've been playing this week, and I've been playing the crap out of the Iron Man VR demo that dropped on us. Oh my God, is this game good? I'm so excited. I need this game in my life real, real bad right now. It's so, so good. So it it is it you you feel like Iron Man. Like it's it I don't know how they did it, but it's, you know, uh move controllers down to go up, behind you to go forward. Like in terms of the way you it's all about your wrists. It's all in the wrists, so you know I'm an expert. Uh, you've got your repulsors, <laughs> you've got your unibeam, you've got homing missiles. It's just oh my it's it's so good. It looks so, good for a PSVR so, game, which is great. 
so so you said that the the move controllers that like you have to put them down are behind you to go forward yeah. how well is the tracking with it because i know that the psvr it it tracks the, it has to track the controllers with the camera so it's harder for like how well is the tracking when you are putting the controllers behind you i had no issues with that tracking so just to give a bit more input to the demo the demo is it's it it feels like it's probably like the first level of the game and then it opens up into like a time trial in the first level of the game you feel like iron man the tracking on the on the movement is great the tracking on using your repulsors is good i really had no issues with that what it, the issue i had is when i got to the time trial and it's something i'm still trying to complete is that they throw a whole bunch of really difficult enemies at you and when you get access to the homing missiles so you know iron man's repulsors are in his palm so it's palms up and you use the the buttons on the move controller to blast them the wrist rockets like the homing missiles are in your wrist so you have to like bend your wrist forward a bit and i found oh, the tracking okay. there when it came to the reticle to target enemies was a little cumbersome but that could also be because i'm playing this in a, a small apartment with the psvr camera just kind of kind of propped up on a book so maybe if i had a more robust vr environment it would be a little better but either way i'm i'm all in on this i cannot wait the for this game to launch in july that that's something I, n I I never considered was like, and and now you know when I eventually go do download the demo and try and play it, I it, I'm gonna way overthink it and it, I I risk ruining the demo for me. But the disconnect between hey I'm holding this thing when I want my care when I want Iron Man to do this yeah, that's gonna be kind of awkward like to for audio li listeners <laughs> like imagine the I Iron Man. Uh, so, a pose where he's got his the jets coming the out of his hands, up, yeah. but in, the palms up. But instead, you're holding. So the the other thing the I controller. the other thing I forgot to mention is to do the propulsion, you hold down the triggers of the move controllers as well. So I okay. I found myself at sometimes pulling the triggers in combat when I meant to hit the button on the front because the button on the front is what does your repulsors. So it actually AJ, what you were doing there with your hands, where you're twisting your yeah. wrist forward with your thumb towards the front mm -hmm. is, is kind of the motion you're making because you're having to hit those buttons on the front of the controller with your thumb, which is nice. Yeah. It did feel, mm -hmm. after a couple of minutes, it felt intuitive. Um, it also, like, it's a 360 game, but it does support, you know, there you can hit... Wow, coming to the Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah, funny. Uh, 360 degree experience, but you can oh, use okay. buttons on the controller to rotate yourself if you feel like you're in a smaller space. And don't want to physically do that. Plus, again, the tracking goes a little wonky if you do physically turn around, which I did more than once, and it was great. Mm. <laughs> I cannot though, wait for this game. Oh. No, no, though, go ahead. Uh, oh, yeah, just uh, like sort of a point uh, on what AJ was saying. Though, like, I'm really happy that Sony is going all in on VR, or at least they're like they seem to be one of the only major companies besides Valve that's actually like supporting VR. I really. I, I wish that they didn't make it a platform exclusive, uh, just in the sense that I feel like this game in particular could really, really benefit with the Valve Index Knuckle controllers because the fact that they have finger tracking, it could be so cool to have like what AJ was doing with the open palm to do the repulsor rays. And like, it could be so much better with those controllers that it, though I'm happy Sony is making these games, I wish that they would be more open to letting everyone enjoy them who has vr because vr is already so niche that they could probably use the sale on the games 
keep in mind we don't know what the future of yeah psvr looks like in terms of controllers that's true they that's something they could be considering and like imagine like they do do that and then do do hey it's exclusive to ps5 virtual reality so uh before we move on uh earlier i mentioned how i was playing a lot of apex legends but that actually isn't the only game i have been playing i also have been playing a fair bit of telltale's uh batman the enemy within that's the second of the their episodic Batman series. Uh, I've been enjoying it a fair bit. I'll probably share my full thoughts on it when I complete it. One thing that I like a lot about uh, that game and also about its predecessor is that while there are certain tropes within the universe of Batman that will always remain consistent, uh, those series both reinterpret a lot of you know characters and I- iconic, uh, how should I say, like, stalwarts of the batman universe in really unusual and interesting and kind of heart-wrenching ways and i'm curious what you've played thus far of the iron man vr demo does it seem like they're trying to do the same thing or does it seem like they're just trying to offer like a marvel cinematic universe light version of these characters so i've played the spider-man homecoming vr demo that came out for the psvr and i've also played there goes carmen out the door I've also played the Batman Arkham experience that they released for PSVR. Both of those Mm -hmm. felt like tech demos that they were just sort of shoehorning the IPs into for a quick buck. This this make, I'm going to be cliche as hell and I don't care. This actually makes you feel like Iron Man. Like you feel like the character, even though the people will lament about voice acting in some of these Marvel properties because it's not the equivalent of whoever was doing it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am... Mm -hmm. I'm a junkie for this stuff, so either way, I was going to be a fan of this, but it mm-hmm. it feels great. I you could get a job at IGN by now, with the the way you were talking there. Why is that? Because you said the it makes you feel like Iron Man. Well, that's what everyone that was... says, and it's goddamn true. Okay, go play the, you it... the PlayStation VR. Play this demo. Do the characters of the demo? I mean, and again, you know, this is only a 15 minute demo, so there's only so much we can infer from it. But do they feel though like? They're their own unique, distinct interpretations of Iron Man and Pepper Potts. Because, like, um, this is a super mi- minor detail, but I was watching some gameplay footage of the Iron Man VR demo, and I was oh, Pepper Potts has brown hair instead of blonde. I, and it's like... Yeah, as, as someone who's been a fan of these properties most of my life, I don't notice those little things like that. Like, I can see a character just being a new interpretation of those characters. They're not trying to shoehorn in what seems like the MCU interpretation. So it felt like its own version of Tony Stark, its own version of Pepper Potts, its own version of Friday, its own version of Ghost, who you meet in that first level. And also to add to it, it's more than a 15 minute experience. That that demo, I probably sat there for like a half hour playing both the tutorial and that first level and didn't even realize there was the uh, challenge, like the time trial until today. And I played that today and I freaking loved it. So there's actually quite a bit of content there for a demo which i was very happy about Hmm. also if anyone didn't see on twitter i posted i got it the final fantasy 7 platinum is mine i'm so happy that game is so good everyone needs to play it it's real 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 good congratulations you played you're playing one of the one of the best jrpgs of the year uh i as well have been playing the other best jrpg of the year uh persona 5 royal so the best jrpg of 2017 or 2018 no royale royale i mean I can't exactly say because I never played the original, but from what I've, from the research I did, uh, Royale is very, very... Royal. 
Santa different. Royale like, with it's cheese. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of extra contents. Um, yeah, and it's really really good. I'm about twelve hours in, so I'm like not even not even that far into it. Um, and I'm really digging it. Like I just I love. So like I'm, it's starting to open up where you get to like start to build the relationships and you have to start building up your skills during the day, and all of the characters are, that I've encountered so far are super engaging, and I just wanna like I wanna be friends with all of them and I wanna be the best person I can be for all of them, and it's I don't really like turn-based combat all that much, but every time I get into an encounter in that game, I'm immediately invested. I don't know, there's something about the presentation of it and the music that's playing and everything um, associated with all of the user interfaces that immediately pulls me into every single battle. And I think that's a really that's a really huge praise because I don't really like turn-based turn-based combat all that much. And so I think it's I can't wait to keep playing it. I can't wait for this game to own my life for basically the rest of this year. Can I ask you a question? So I know Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um so I played the original uh and beat the original. I really love uh, Persona 5. I love all the Persona games. Um how far are you in it? What party members do you have? Uh I just have An and Ryuji and I just beat Komashida. You just beat Komashida. So you're done the first palace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just curious. I'm curious to hear your exploration, especially as you continue to get characters and you build more into like the slice of life uh, type stuff in the game. Um, I really mm-hmm. want to pick Royale up. Uh, it's just a matter of I'm waiting for the right price. I want to get the ultimate version so I get all the DLC and costumes, but I don't want to pay the 133 Canadian. So I'm waiting for a good sale yeah. before I pick it up, uh, seeing how I already played the original. Surprise, yeah, surprise. Persona is also going to come up in our deals of the day. So I'm going to ask you a question about that later. All right. Um, if no one's got anything else, I did watch more TV this week. Surprise, surprise. And surprise, surprise, it's not all Disney. All right, Ooh. one thing was Disney. It's, one it's thing is Disney. Warner Brothers. That's also... Well, I mean, it was what was on TV, okay? So I watched Atlantis, The Lost Empire on Disney+. Plus, Old animated, mm-hmm. early 2000s Disney yep. animated movie when they weren't very good. Michael J. Fox. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed going back to it. It's something I remembered from my childhood, and it was a real... It was like 93 minutes, so it wasn't like it was a huge, huge investment. I, I had fun with it. And the other two movies have nothing... have no similarities to any Disney movies whatsoever, and those are Brightburn and Joker for the second time. Um, Bright... I, Go ahead. I, I seem to remember a Mitch at EGLX saying he never wanted to see that movie again. He didn't. But it was on right TV, and that? I was bored. Okay. Wow. Um, it was on TV. Hold on. Which, which movie are we talking about? Brightburn or Joker? Okay. They were both on TV. They were both on Crave. So I watched them on oh, Crave. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're both available on Crave here in Canada. Joker, I, I most, more so wanted to watch it just out of curiosity if I still felt the way that I felt at EGLX about not liking it. I still don't like it. I'm never yeah. going to like that movie. I don't think I meant to like that movie because it's just a disturbing look into this man's life falling apart and him succumbing to his mental illness. So yeah. that I res- you don't like it, but is it a good movie? I respect a lot of the things that it does. The the one thing I will say is that the composer of the score oh, 100% yeah. deserve <laughs> Yeah, they 100% deserved the Oscar and I'm glad they got it because the yeah. score is unsettling. It is reflective of what's happening in the film. It's perfect. I would say. With I would what's also going like on. To sh- 
I would also like to shout out the cinematographer. His use of color, especially green throughout that movie, is really great. And it's just, it's a beautiful looking movie, even if the subject matter is sometimes hit or miss. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the the uh, 22nd Alexander Casino review of Joker is, I think, yeah, I agree. It's a beautifully shot movie with a great score that I, I just don't really know that it has a whole lot to say necessarily, other than what it directly shows you and for that reason i kind of was I, I left a theater disturbed and left wanting at the same time yeah and then just a quick word on brightburn it is essentially the story of clark kent if clark kent went on a homicidal rampage and killed everyone in his hometown it's really weird it's gross and it makes oh sense. yeah that's right it's such a wasted opportunity of a movie i hated i, just, I hated I, the ending I wanted it to be like it felt like there was so much going for it in a really cool premise. It had James Gunn associated with it, though he was just an executive producer on it. I just I wanted more from it, and it just didn't deliver. And with that, it, Mitch's movie talk can be done. AJ, what have you been up to this week? Um, so last week I mentioned that I've been playing uh, Daisy on Xbox uh, because it came to Game Pass, and I have been playing a lot of that game. Um, I don't necessarily have too much to say about it because it's a game where not a lot happens minute to minute and yeah. it's a lot of it's a lot of traversal but I've I found it oddly cathartic and, and relaxing just kind of being out with nature but having the 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 slight task of hey just just also survive while, while you're at it um uh, I haven't gotten in, into a proper gunfight in that game uh, on the Xbox yet, um, but uh, you know when I played it years ago, um, I did. I play. I put a, a good number of hours into it on PC years ago. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm all military geared up. I the the server that I've been playing on is typically a, a high population server, and I've had a very hard time running into people, which is kind of the point because. Um, there's, I think there's only like 60 people allowed on a server. And so it's, it's very low population with a lot of space to, uh, run around and, and do what you got to do. But that means you, it's very easy for you to let your guard down and just get picked off real quick and really easy. And you've lost technically in a way, hours of progress, unless you can make your way back and do a corpse run. Um, but uh, the other game that I've been playing is a, a new game that came out this week uh, called Minecraft Dungeons. Game Pass for the um, win! Hell yeah, another been... game that came out to Game Pass. Go ahead, yeah. Alex. Oh, it's just I've been meaning to, to play it. What do you think of it? Um, um, I... Okay, so if I, if I were to describe it, um, and, and, well, comp comparatively to an another game using that as a reference point, think of it like kid-friendly Diablo... Um, meets uh, what was it? What oh, what was Hell Hell? No, not Hellraiser. Um, Are you talking there, about the Dark uh, Stalkers, Dark Siders game? No, no, no. There was there was a. Uh, it's a roguelike you're referring to, right? No, no. Um, wait, I know. No, it's, it's, it's a dungeon. It's a dungeon crawler. Yeah, it's on PS4, PS4 and Vita. It was on that, and it was like crossplay on that. Rogue those. Nope. No, no. Hell somebody, divers. Somebody knows. Hell divers. That's it. Hell. Hey, Hell divers. We got there. All that's right. the one. Um, so think of it kind of like that, where you kind of have this, you know, base hub world, and then you 
drop into basically a mission and I'm, I'm not sure if it's all procedurally generated like each each mission you go on but you know there there is kind of a story there is a story there's a through line where uh, the story is like hey this this one minecraft villager got outcasted and became an illager um and he he discovered a, a an object that made him very evil and you have to go stop him um and I, I've only played it solo so far, but it seems like a game that's definitely made for a, a good cooperative uh, experience. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 a lot lot more interesting than I thought it would be. Um, but it is kind of jarring because in the back of my mind, having also played a lot of Minecraft uh, back in the day and even more recently, I um, it, it, it <laughs> it's not. It, it's it's a it's a different game than Minecraft. It's just set in a Minecraft world, so where it uses all the assets and everything from Minecraft. So, yeah, I was gonna say I'm right now. I'm looking at gameplay footage that uh, you actually took of Minecraft I... Dungeons that you provided with me before we went live. And mm -hmm. what I'm kind of noticing is that it very much seems like a dungeon crawling game with a minecraft skin as opposed to say like you look at a game like um what was the dragon quest game dragon quest builders Don't where wish. they really tried to yeah. integrate these two different genres into one game mm -hmm. like it, it doesn't looking at the footage that you provided it doesn't seem like minecraft's building and construction and destruction mechanics play yeah. a very big role in what you're doing on a minute-to-minute -minute basis yeah, that's that's absolutely correct, and I mean, uh, there's no like real inventory, but there's there's also like random loot drops. Um, I don't know about loot boxes necessarily, but when when you complete a mission, you open a chest, and there's an animation, and a random item comes out of it. So whether or not you can buy that, I haven't looked any further into that. Um, Fingers crossed, you but, can. Um, yeah, hopefully, um, but. Um, yeah, it, it seems like a, a very good, um, a very good time. Um, there, there's couch co-op. Um, uh, not that I've tried it because, like I said, I've only played it alone. But um, yeah, the uh, it, it's definitely something that um, eventually, when uh, my uh, when quarantine uh, dies down a bit uh, and my girlfriend can hang out in my house again, um, that I'll definitely hand her another controller and. Be like, hey, let's let's go explore some dungeons together. I was gonna sure. say it's gonna be a while before you're playing couch co-op with anybody. Yeah, it's it's been tough, <laughs> and and yeah, that's what I've been doing. All right, I think with that we can wrap up what we've been doing and move straight on into the news of the week. Ready, set, go. News drop. So news. we will, yeah, news. We have news apparently. Hot, well, we have we news. have news of future things and news of some past things. So we'll start with the news of the future things. In that, it seems like Sony may be planning a PS5 conference for as early as next week. This news coming, and th the real reason for including this is that this news is coming via Bloomberg, and their newly hired writer Jason Schreier, along with Takashi Mochizuki. So yeah, it, rumor has been spreading over the last couple of days that Sony is planning a conference and hearing someone as connected in the industry as Jason Schreier saying that a virtual event could be held June 3rd. 
though some people may caution that those plans could be in flux and the date may have changed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But how do you guys feel about a conference next week from Sony? Do you feel like they should have, you know, uh, advertised a little more? Or are we living in a new normal of announce a thing for two days from now and then we got a thing? (sighs) So the date seems like sounds tired. The date seems like it lines up pretty well with uh, just the fact, I mean, though they weren't going to go to E3, they didn't go last year and they didn't, they weren't going to go this year if it did happen. Uh, Next week would have been when E3 was happening. So it kind of makes sense that they'd have their console be sort of around that time Um, as well. I think, I mean, if we see anything like the way that they've handled the last two state of plays, they kind of do it pretty soon before, um, like a couple of days before. And then, uh, it kind of helps set up the expectations, I think, a little bit better. If they're, like, hyping it up continuously over a long period of time, it can be easier for expectations to get out of whack. It, I'm not saying that they can't even with the the quicker buildup, but uh, I, I like this new, like, just kind of drop it on us yeah. and don't you don't really need to build up to an event that then is about something that's not coming out immediately. Like, I don't know, I'm... I'm cool with this future we're in, at least this part of it. Yeah. Um, like, this is going to happen, I'm pretty sure, uh, which obviously I think is a good thing. It's about time we've heard something from that. Um, in terms of, because uh, you were just talking about how they dropped, when they dropped the state of play for The Last of Us, two days ago they told us? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I don't We haven't had think much headway into the, either The Last of Us or Ghost of Tsushima state of play. So I don't think this... Um, uh, accounts the view live viewers when it aired, but since the last of state of play um, aired, they already have three hundred ninety-two thousand views in a few and hours. And that's over just that one. That's over just that one source as well. Yeah, just yeah. through PlayStation dot uh, com. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to be an issue with a PS Five event whatsoever. Uh, they'll get people there like what did they do they put the ps5 logo up and it was like instagram's most liked video game thing ever within a period a small period of time so we don't need big lead-ins i'm with you on that i actually think the date is pretty interesting june 3rd if that was planned because if sony wasn't planning a physical event to show off the ps5 since they were skipping e3 do we feel like this june 3rd date was in the books well before the COVID 19 outbreak just to circumvent yeah, E3 and to, to really beat Microsoft to the punch of getting their I, news out a few days earlier. Because Microsoft is typically, what, the Sunday before E3 or the Saturday, something like that? I definitely think what they did is they heard that there was this cool new podcast called Press YYZ. Oh, and yeah. They were like, hey, <laughs> listen, we need to put something at the same day that they record this so they can... We, they can give us their hot takes yeah depending on the time of that conference our next episode might just be a watch along to the damn press conference <laughs> wait wouldn't that be two episodes from now no or it's next wednesday next week oh right that's right sorry i was thinking about <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about that and i was thinking about the last of this part two and the the review embargo for that game lifts to a, a bit over two weeks from now yeah. so i got yeah, the i think it's june 12th um None of us, I don't think, have really talked about what do we think this game is going to be, assuming that, indeed, this event is going forward. It's going to be the the PS5. Here's everything you need to know about it. Here's the box. Here's the date. Here's the price. It's going to be the full... Right, but, like, what... Hopefully, it's the full blowout. 
what is going to be like the kind of centerpiece game that they're going to pair alongside the PlayStation 4? Because you know they are going to have at least one big title. Horizon I think 2. There's going to be. Yeah, it's. I think there's going to be two them. of them. I think it's going to be Horizon 2 and Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I was going to say like, Ratchet and Clank would be my other one. Yeah. You kind of have the one that appeals a little bit more to adults, and then you have the one that appeals m- like more to kids than. Um, I'm not saying that they're mutually exclusive to either group, but it's kind of allows allows for a, a potentially a broader audience to be able to get into the PS5 hype. My my brain says one thing, and my heart says another. Mm-hmm. My brain says it's going to be Horizon or Spider-Man. Ratchet. My heart wants Spider-Man Two You're so not getting, fucking bad. It's only been two years I since don't they finished care. Spider-Man. Give me Spider-Man, please. So I need the it. first one took. Th- the first one took three years to develop. They've already got so, the world built. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's true. Unless so they might expand it. We're going to you Brooklyn, baby. Islands. Insomniac has two I, um, teams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so one's doing Spike, one's doing Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. The or they're doing something totally different. North Carolina. And then the other one's in Burbank. North Carolina but, could be something totally different. It might not be what we're expecting. That's true. I was just going to say, I was thinking that they could potentially be showing off the much-rumored new Uncharted game, but thinking about it, like, assuming that that game even exists, I feel like they would probably want to get The Last of Us Part 2 out first, just so that it doesn't seem like they're trying to take any wind Mm -hmm. out from underneath Naughty Dog's wings. Sony is acting a bit different with games, too. That's fair. I think we're going to have to wait and see what they're going to show off alongside the PS5 if the reveal is next next week. But one thing we don't have to worry about is when we're going to get more details, and this is all for me, for Marvel's Avengers. So Square Enix has announced that the Marvel's Avengers War Table gameplay and co-op stream will happen. It will happen live June 24th. This coming by way of IGN's Adam Bankhurst. And guys... I know we've been talking about doing live reacts on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash pressyyz, for some of these conferences this summer. Someone please do this with me. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I've already agreed to you on Twitter to do it with you. I'm yeah. not, like, a million percent sold on this game, but I, I've i been wanting to get in on one of these, like, persistent online-only experiences from day one. And the thing about Marvel's Avengers is that, based on what we've seen so far, it looks like it's going to be just a touch more accessible and streamlined than the likes of Destiny. Not that there's anything wrong with Destiny's complexity, but, like, I want something that I can get into that I know that I'll be able to wrap my head around and that I'll be able to wrap my head around day one of it existing. And, you know, beyond that, I like the Avengers, and if you guys are willing to play with me, I will watch the shit out of this uh, trailer slash showcase and play the shit out of it when it comes out and get the plot. I'm, you know me, but it, the video game could be a garbage truck on fire of a Marvel property, and I'm still going to play the crap out of it. I played Marvel so Nemesis. Even... I played Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects on the PS2 for fuck's sake. If I can play okay, that game so, and get so some, really are, some semblance looks... of enjoyment, if it's playable, so, I'm wow, going to play it. Okay. Okay, wow. So your your bar is super low. Cool. Super low. I have no standards when it comes to superhero games. So I'm I'm what all in on that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Nathan, AJ, AJ? anything? 
I'm not interested in Marvel's no. Avengers. I don't know. Something Nathan's is frozen. I think Nathan looks a little frozen. frozen. Oh. oh no, <laughs> is he frozen? I, I thought he was just like deep in thought. Wait, he looks super pensive. Uh, I, but I think be. that also means he he's could frozen. Be. Oh, someone should well, message him and let him know. Oh. That will be me, even though I'm the host. Yeah. So uh, June, we're gonna get some more details on Avengers, and I'm so happy about that. But one thing that no. oh, we lost him. Okay. Uh, one thing that we don't have to wait for are the April NDP numbers. So U.S. console sales mm. in April were up oh, 163% boy. year over year to $420 million. And as an industry, video game hardware and software sales generated $1.5 billion, making it the largest April sales month ever for video That's games. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Uh, the main driver for this growth has been the Switch, of course, obviously based on the critical and social success of Nathan's Pride and Joy, Animal Crossing New Horizons, plus COVID-19 keeping most of the world indoors and in need of new entertainment. Uh, Nintendo's console topped both the unit sales and dollar rankings in the U.S. last month. Year-to-date sales for the Switch are now the highest of any platform in U.S. history. So, for any platform year to date to April, the Switch has sold more units than any console ever in that period of time. Uh, also Ooh. worth noting, though, that Sony and Microsoft did fare well last month. Uh, as with the Switch, both the PS4 and Xbox One saw hardware sales rise more than 160% when compared to April of 2019. And like I said, total spending is huge. Uh, video games are huge. And another interesting tidbit is that Final Fantasy VII Remake was the highest selling game of the month, the third best selling game of the year so far in just a month, and set new records for the franchise in terms of both launch month unit and dollar sales. It beat series records set by Final Fantasy XV back in December 2016. Guys, people really like their video games when they're in quarantine, right? I mean, what else are they going to do? Interact with their families? Yeah. No. My kids have done nothing but play video games. (laughs) Your kids families are overrated. Yeah. Anyone Drinking? have anything else to add? No, I was just grabbing some water. I figured you guys had more to say than oh, 30 seconds. I thought seconds that was your milkshake. Stuff. No, the <laughs> milkshake like, has really not yet arrived. Video games sell a lot. Trust me, when the milkshake arrives, I will make a big deal of it. This is just water out of my fiance's thermal Starbucks tumbler that she picked up in Walt Disney World earlier thermal this year. Starbucks thumbler. Tumbler. Uh, she picked it up in Disney World earlier this year before the world went to shit. Uh, and I thought it thematically appropriate based on what we're going to be talking about later on in the show. What okay. makes it a tumbler and not a cup? The top. I don't care. It had a straw, and I've noticed on the last few shows I've had my water bottle. I've been using like the kind of funny one liter water bottle. And it's great because it holds a ton of water, but it's a lot easier to drink out of a straw than uh, that big hunkin' thing so yeah back to ndp numbers for april anyone have anything else or should we move on video games sell a lot just like the games that are on the deals of the week uh well first raining i was going are, are we into raining deals now i'm getting lost in my oh yeah show. we do read all the no we first we're all gonna read all the things so oh, fuck. this one i just found <laughs> it's okay it's okay we'll get there we'll get there it's my show i will segue don't you goddamn interrupt me um you, you weren't doing a good <laughs> job about it so i am trying so uh, and read all the things this week. We have 
David Hayter, the voice actor of Metal Gear Solid Solid Snake, uh, causing the Grand Theft Auto rumor mill to jump into overdrive when he tweeted out what was just, uh, I think it was just hashtag GTA 6, hashtag Toronto, which made people think, oh God, he's a voice actor. He must be in the game. He must know what's going on. Ah." And then he replied saying that he just was hoping that GTA would take place in Toronto. And that was it. And I thought that was neat. It was cute and it relates to us. I have been hoping for GTA, GTA all my life. I mean, it makes yeah, sense, like, right? GTA, GTA. It, it sells yeah. itself. It'll appeal to everybody in the GTA and no I just, one else. It'll agree. No, go ahead. I have nothing. Go ahead, Cozy. Oh, just I don't think that this game is coming out anytime soon. It's not coming out for like at least probably four years. Oh, God, no. I, I was going to say, um, many years before uh, Fallout 4 was officially unveiled, Apparently, people reported that there were, like, representatives from Bethesda scoping out areas in and around Mm -hmm. MIT, and that's how they kind of quickly discerned, oh, okay, the next Fallout game is probably going to take place in Massachusetts and its surrounding areas. Have there been any reports, any whispers, any anythings online suggesting where the next Grand Theft Auto is going to take place based on people from Rockstar no which is why i think that places. people jumped at this tweet nope. even yeah. though it was just mm. a tweet that david Hayter immediately had to come back and say it was just a suggestion i know nothing and he as a fellow canadian he just probably loves this city as much as we do except because he's not from here <laughs> i thought everyone outside of toronto i thought everyone outside toronto hated toronto i'm okay with toronto but i mean it would make sense right gta 6 and the 6 like the marketing yeah. writes itself right Holy shit! Right? God, it just went. It just oh, went another level oh my deeper. God. <laughs> um, hold on a second though. Uh, Raging underscore Plum in the chat raises a very good point. Uh, you know, Rockstar never uses real city names. Like for example, they use San Andreas instead of San Diego, and so on and so forth. Hawk so, Town. what would they rename Toronto? To, well, they call, could just that. be like but that's H-A-W-G. like a real thing. Would they? So New York was. Liberty, Liberty City. City. LA Vice was Vice City. City. Miami's Vice City. Yeah. They'll... Los Santos for we, LA. We know it's... Didn't they have... Sorry. Didn't they have... Like, didn't they have... The the first games took place in London. Did they do the renaming thing for that? Or was no, this... No, uh, that just, was called London. Okay. Yeah. There was a GTA London. The, really, the renaming them, I think, started in number... Yeah, I think 3 right. was the first one to use what was based on a... Yeah. Well, because the thing is, when you get to building these cities at least on those older consoles it became a matter of how much city can we actually fit in here yeah right because we've seen recreations of actual cities like we've seen seattle in infamous second sun we've seen san francisco in Watch Dogs 2 where they try to do this one-to-one mapping and it doesn't quite work people are from there like there's something off things that aren't quite to scale so it makes more sense from a video game perspective to say it's inspired by but totally unrelated to this real city of course, okay. that's all this show is for. I don't want a GTA in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I Do would it. like a Watch Dogs in Toronto. I would like another game to be in Toronto. I want my next GTA to be in Washington, D.C. to talk to um, dual political satire on politicians. Because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of ground. I just don't think that they'll get what they want out of Canada for what a GTA should be. Hey, that's why. <laughs> but they'd have give, mooses and such, eh? <laughs> 
I mean, I think... Yeah, I think a DC Grand Theft Auto game probably makes the most sense at this I point. I think DC is hard for them to do, just because it would that, feel far too similar to what Saints Row did in its satire around politics. That, that's also assuming that they would... That they actually are going to make a new mm-hmm. city, because they've... They've already revisited Liberty City with GTA 4. GTA 5 revisited San Andreas and the Los Santos area. I'd love a... They're overdue for Vice City 2. I would love that. Yeah, that's true. If you're not going to remake Vice... Yeah, if you're not going to remake Vice City, then at least make a new game in Vice City. Want Vice City in the 80s remade, or do you want a current Vice City? Because they've already done Vice City in the 80s, and I think a lot of the charm of Miami was the 1980s theme to theme to it. And I don't know if you get that in contemporary times. I think Set- you could get a lot out of Miami. Well, okay, sorry, Vice City, if you went contemporary with the Cuban culture, and maybe it, it does talk, like, it gets into the modern drug trade, which a lot of it still does run through Miami, mm-hmm. and you, you go that route with it. It would be very interesting to see. Like, you can definitely do a modern cartel style vice city and i don't think you'd miss a beat uh last thing i'll say on the toronto uh discussion is i looked up the etymology of the name toronto uh it was first applied to a narrow stretch of water between lake simcoe and lake uh Kuchiching. not sure if i'm pronouncing no, that you got it. correctly um the word anglicized from mohawk was spelled uh to toronto or taronto and used to describe an area where trees grow in shallow water so I think that, like, following uh, in that tradition, you would think that the next Grand Theft Auto would maybe want to use, like, another anglicized Mohawk name, possibly. Either that or just blank city. Um, or they could just call it the GTA. <laughs> like, have it be like, hey, this uh, Grand Theft Auto game, this GTA game takes place in GTA. So I, the I grandest think, theft auto. I, I think, uh, like you guys said, we are far and away we're we're a ways off from a gta 6 gta online still makes too much money but what we're not too far from are this week's deals so Chirano. no Chirano, um, like the way it's pronounced Chirano. The, fir- <laughs> the first deal that i pulled is on the playstation they have added an extra free playstation plus game this month and that game is call of duty world war ii you have PlayStation Plus, go pick it up. It seemingly has a good single player that I will play through and then totally ignore the multiplayer like I always do with Call of Duty. We've also had this month's Games with Gold. So for the Games with Gold for June 2020 have been announced. You'll be getting Destroy All Humans, the original Xbox so title, uh, from June 1st to June 15th. Shantae and the Pirate's Curse from June 1st to June 30th. Sin- Sinmora? Sinemora? Someone help me with pronunciation. I'm going to yeah. go with Sinmora. Uh, yeah, yeah it's a side scrolling shoot 'em up uh will be available it's a shmup it's great i have it on the vita i think it's great it was free yeah. plus for vita years ago exactly uh, i think it was cross by too but that will be free yeah. for xbox games with gold from june 16th to the 30th and coffee talk on the xbox one will be available from june 16th to july 15th and with that I think we can get into our topic of the show. Ooh. Ooh. I'm ready. I'm going to win one. <laughs> right, I will go. do it. Oh, wait. No, I had, I had some other deals. Um, Moonlighter is real cheap on the PSN. DBZ oh. Kakarot is under 50 bucks. All the Mega Man Legacy Collection games are on the Switch for under 30 bucks. And the one I wanted to ask you guys about is Persona 5. The original game is on sale for $10.80 Canadian on the PSN. 
And my question for probably just Alex and Nathan is at that price, is it worth picking it up or is it better to just wait for Royal to go to a I don't know if price? I'm a good person to ask because I already own Persona 5 and I bought Royale instead of playing Persona 5. So I don't know if I'm a good person to ask. Okay, not asking Alex. Nathan? I, uh, Cozy? Um, I enjoyed Persona 5. I think at this point you're better to wait for Royal. I haven't played Royal. But kind of quality of life improvements. Um, and when IGN reviewed Royal, they moved it from whatever they gave it the first time, a 9.6 to a perfect 10. Like, it's enough to make it that much of a better game. So if you've waited this long, wait a little bit longer for it to go on sale. Yeah, so I only own uh, the original version of Persona 5, and I only played a little bit of it. I um, Previously, I played Persona 4 Golden on the Vita, and after playing that to completion and 100%ing it, I went and I looked up footage of the original Persona, sorry, the original PlayStation 4 version of Persona 4, and I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely glad that I played this version of the game first. I feel like I would have been kind of turned off and not that I would have hated it, but I feel like I would have the kind of lack of quality of life improvements that Persona 4 Golden made to that game's formula would have turned me off. So I would say, yeah, just wait for also, Royal to go okay. to and with or with, get it, you know, get it. PS, uh, PS Vita being mentioned, we need to give a shout out uh, for its revival today. Oh, oh right. Yeah. We, we didn't mention it. Very few of us watched The Last of Us. Uh, state of play because we've seen enough of the game it's coming out soon enough that we didn't need to see it but i did get spoiled to the fact on twitter that a character in the game has a playstation vita so there's that yep. and she was playing hotline miami on uh it. quick oh wow surprised she quick, wasn't playing uncharted quick update i have a quick update this is a a this is breaking news uh out of the port of vancouver <laughs> british columbia the Genki Switch dock that I ordered on Kickstarter last year has been released by Canadian Customs and is now with Canada Post in transit. So hopefully, wow. fingers crossed, I'll have something to say about that travel dock next week. That doesn't week. feel like news. Where but, are you going to travel with it? Uh, from my TV behind me to my desk. Okay. All right. Uh, I will. I will hopefully have something to say about that next week. But for now, we'll get into this week's topic of the show. This week's topic of the show is a game of 5x5. Five five. If you're not familiar with 5x5, five five, it is where a bunch of us act like idiots and build a list of usually not great games, uh, and somebody you. wins at the end of it. How dare you? <laughs> Most How of these dare lists are dumpster lists. fires. One time we had nude punch-out mentioned. Well, you striked it. So yeah. didn't even yeah, it's it's just <laughs> once. It was mentioned. This week's list. This week's list. Rest will be built by yours truly, given suggestions from these four idiots, and it will be the best licensed video games. Now, I'm going to say, if you have a series that is licensed that you really care about, you can give me the series. It doesn't have to be a single entry. If you feel like one entry in the series stands above the rest, feel free to give just that one. But I'd rather not have a full list of fucking Star Wars and Batman games, so let's try to keep repeats in the same series to a minimum. With that... Um... What can I do here? Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something fun this week because unbeknownst to my lovely fiance, uh, I went out and bought some new D&D dice over the weekend. Uh, and they're really nice and they're really pretty. And they're Where's heavy. your wedding budget. Pretty much. Yeah, where's, dice are expensive. where's the one I'm looking for? God damn it. There it is. Okay. So I got dice. I've got a four-sided die. I'm going Ooh. to say mm. balance one, Cozy's two, Nathan's three, and AJ's pulling up the rear at number four. Based on that, I got a rear. four. AJ, you're first. What's your game? 
I have to go with GoldenEye on the N64. Absolutely one of the best licensed games of all time. It on the N on the N sixty four, think about it, with that controller revolutionized first person shooters on a controller before Halo revolu- re revolutionized first person shooters on a controller. That game was so much fun, couch co op. It, it it dominated uh college dorm rooms and and high school living rooms across the the world and and the fact that it was one of the also based off one of the best bond films at the time absolutely abs it's absolutely phenomenal and it needs to stay on the top of the list the entire time i don't know about the entire time but given it's the first game on the list it's going up there at number one all right Uh, game's over Rolling my die again, and we've got a two, so Cozy, I'm going to need you to bring me your best game that is licensed to this list. Okay, God so damn it, Cozy. This time around, I have one joke entry, one un- unorthodox entry that I do actually think is a legit great game, and a, a bunch of like actual okay. legit entries. What? So, can you do me a favor? Could you roll yeah. the dice and... Like, one will be my joke entry, two will be my unorthodox entry, and three and four will be, like, my legit, legit entries. The dice have spoken. We've rolled a two. So I want that unorthodox game, I'm actually really uh, pleased that we started off with that. All right. So my unorthodox pick is a little game called Skrillex Quest. Do any of you guys remember this? Skrillex? Yeah. I've heard of him. He, he makes that music, right? I mean, he does yeah, make music. I actually think Mitch is frozen. Uh, I'm real. not frozen. You, I just don't know how oh, to react. He was so just, stunned. <laughs> that, w- that was good, right? I figured that would work for good. Okay, so, oh, my God. That absolutely worked. <laughs> Skrillex Quest is basically a Flash game that was uh, released about, I would say, like a half decade ago. Basically, it's a Legend of Zelda-like game in which you explore a NES game that has become corrupted by the evil powers of a bit of dust. And it was just one of those experiences where it was, you know, it's a Flash game, it's free. You go on online, and I was swept away to a stunningly creative, stunningly entertaining, just well-written little gem of a game that was done in 20 minutes and genuinely made my day that much better. I'm currently showing some footage of it uh, on Twitch right now. Uh, it is, it's one of those games where it's like, there was somebody who devoted an incredible amount of time to making this 20 minutes of gameplay incredibly memorable and just powerful and serene while also being goofy and <laughs> filled with Skrillex's very iconic style of music. And it totally works. And it's an experience that I had never forgotten about. And the moment that this topic was proposed for the show, I'm like, I need to bring up this game. I mean, it sounds like a little interesting game. Um, I have two things to say. Um, first, I wasn't expecting a Flash game. And two, I have no idea what this IP is or what it's based on, so it's going below GoldenEye on this list. Okay. I mean, you you know what like Skrillex the, is, the, right? The, 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 the DJ? Like, the the m- yeah, music Yeah, I artist? didn't think you were actually serious, and that's what it was based on. Um. Yeah, I wish I could put it lower than two right now, but I can't. Um, so yeah, 
Let's say one or two is Alex, right. three or four is Nathan, and we've rolled a three. Nathan, what's your game? Best for last, <laughs> Alex. Don't even worry about it. I'm going to take you to a time before Telltale made uh, okay. Walking Dead games. And they got a license for a Flash-based mm. series uh, that I really enjoyed. I'd like to introduce you to a game called Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People. Um, it was a five-episode uh, run, uh, very similar to what um, Telltale games do now, except it very much was more their point-and-click roots uh, with the old-school adventure game mentality to it. And it was funny, it was hilarious, it had Strombat, it had Homestar Runner, uh, it had Trogdor. Every episode was completely different and really changed uh, thematically, which was amazing as well. Um, yeah, Strombad's cool game for attractive people. People should play and should be very high in this list. So there's a couple things going for your, for the points you made. I really do appreciate the fact you brought this game. It's one that I've been familiar with but never played just because it wasn't really in my like it wasn't something i consumed was strong bad content at the time but i was at least aware of it and i wasn't aware of skrillex quest so it's going at number mm -hmm. two above skrillex quest all right alex our first go around is coming to an end i need you to knock one out of the park what's uh, well, your game well i i said i was gonna win and i'm you've both, won this I'm, before haven't you i have not i'm like oh, okay. the only person who hasn't won okay that's good to um know. yeah um <laughs> You're good to know for when you rig it. Yeah, I know. This I is like never it. rigged. Come on. Um, but I'm also I'm playing to the to the judge. Uh, I'm also As just you like should. it's it's the game that made me buy a PS4. Yeah, it is. It's Marvel Spider-Man. Like Fuck yeah, it is. I don't have to say anything more, but uh, just it's such a just traversing New York in that game is amazing. That's the only point that I'll bring up right now, just because I already know. Yeah, you don't have to bring anything else up. That's one of yeah. my favorite games of all time. You pandered to me perfectly. It's going at number I one. I mean, I mean, even if it wasn't you, it should be. It should be number one. It should one on the still list be number one. Like Marvel Spider. What if none of us I had said Marvel Spider Man in this entire? Then discussion. I would have forced one of you to say it in the last round. I would have just rigged it so someone put it on the list, so it would be on there. Um, that being said, I can still see a case for Goldeneye or some of the other games to potentially circumvent it if the, yeah, the totally argument fight is it right. Later. But. I think for now, at least, with it being one of my top three favorite games of all time, it's going number one on our list. And with that, we've got through one round of this. So let's get started on a second. So I'm going to need who went first. Oh, right. AJ, give me your next pick. Um, okay. So this one is a bit of a... It's topical. We were just talking a lot about Toronto. And this licensed game takes place in Toronto. And it just so happens that 10 years ago, the movie that this game is somewhat based on, which is also based off of a comic series, came out. And that is Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which came out in 2010. It did? This, this game was absolutely phenomenal. And it brought back the the old kind of side-scrolling, uh, beat-em-up uh, arcade-style game back to the forefront. And it, it, it was it's, it's so tragic what happened to this game because of licensing issues. Like, this, 
a, it, this game was so good, and then the licensing for I th I believe it was the music it was got the in music. the way of it, and it it got pulled down uh, from from being available uh, to be sold, and and it's no longer currently available. There's rumor going around that they might be trying to bring it back. Uh, I think that came from Edgar Wright when he announced that the movie itself is coming back to theaters. Uh, yes, yeah, someone August. someone tweeted. I can't remember who it was specifically, but it was oh um. Oh, somebody who, it was high profile. They tweeted at Ubisoft saying, hey, oh, it was Brian Lee O'Malley, the creator of the uh, It the was comics. the creator of the comics. Oh, right. Series, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, tweeted yeah. at Ubisoft saying, hey, re-release the game. And, and then, then they, they like it or with, retweet it. Yeah, they or, replied yeah. with like the eyes mm, emoji. The, the looking the eyes. eyes so they emoji. were at least yeah. aware that, you know, people yeah. people really want it. Yeah. I think the milkshake has arrived. Uh, up, has. Update on the milkshake. It's an actual milkshake. It is not a McDonald's frozen beverage. It oh. is a milkshake from Burger's Priest. You want to hear a story? There's, I yes. Went to McDonald's, no ice cream. Well, it's not ice what? cream. It's frozen beverage. No. They can't call it ice cream. It's illegal. There's no, no cream in it. Cream, no milkshakes, no McFlurries at two McDonald's. It's not enough milk content. That's probably just Roof. due to how warm it's been out, but Burger Priest is way better, so I'm happy with this. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I Scott love this Pilgrim game. versus World. I love this game. I wish it comes back. As soon as I saw that rumor, I was very, very happy. With that being said, it'll go at number three on the list, below Goldeneye, but above Strong Bad. Cozy, do you want to let the dice play for you again, or are you just going <laughs> to hit me with your best shot? Sure. Uh, have it be, uh, like... Basically, yeah, one will be the joke, and two, three, and four will be legitimate. Or Okay. Please That's what you want. One. That's what you get. And it's a four, so I need a legit game. All right. Uh, let me tell you about a little game called Telltale's The Walking Dead. Uh, we've already had a Telltale game this brought up earlier, which was Telltale's uh, Strong Bad School Game for Attractive People. Don't want to disrespect that game. Obviously, it was instrumental in helping Telltale get their sea legs and you know becoming the developer that they eventually went on to become. And I would say that the game that really served as the fulcrum for them becoming the Telltale of Strong Bad School Game for Attractive People to the Telltale that people within the AAA industry know and revere was Telltale's The Walking Dead. This kind of evolved their typical adventure game formula into something that was a little bit more experiential and story-based and basically focused more on the interpersonal relationships between its characters, particularly the interpersonal relationships between Lee and Clementine, the two, I would say, main most protagonists uh, of the first se uh, season of that entire series. Um, I had a. I actually only played through uh, this series the first time uh, myself, like late last year, and I was honestly really, really, really impressed uh, with it. Even though you know time has passed and their craft has improved since. I've mentioned Telltale's. So we're talking specifically season one, or you want to talk about it in terms of the whole series? Uh, let's uh, let's keep it specifically to season one. I, I'm also playing through, I also recently completed season two, and I think it's also very good, but I feel like you need to show recognition to season one for what it did for that entire genre, what it did for the company, etc. Yeah, and honestly, I'm glad you made that point, because uh, for me personally, I've played, I, I fell in love with season one, just the characters, the story, the emotion. Season two was good, and I fell off it after that, so I'm glad we're talking specifically about season one. I think it's a great game. I think they really 
set the bar when it came to a narrative experience. The mechanics uh, left a little to be desired. But honestly, for me, having not owned an N64, Walking Dead Season 1's going at number two, just below Spider-Man, baby. Mm. I gotta say, I'm uh, looking at footage right now of uh, the first season, and it's it, it's super weird, because I know the fates of all of these characters, and it's weird to look yeah. at them right here and be like, oh man, all of you meet really bad, terrible, or in some cases, uh, you know, unfortunate ends. All right. Let's move on then. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to need your second pick. Okay, so Strongbad's not doing as well as I hope it would. So I'm going to have to pull out a big gun. Uh, I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a great game. Uh, Mitch, did you platinum Spider-Man? In fact, I did platinum Spider-Man. I really enjoyed my time with that game. And I actually plan since with the DLC, they introduced trophies, uh, a couple of which, one being to beat the game on like insane difficulty and the other to beat it on New Game Plus. I need to get back to 100%. I'm going to get back to that game sometime, probably okay. in the not-too-distant um, future, if I'm being honest. Because Spider-Man wouldn't exist without Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum proved that licensed okay. games could be good, specifically with comic book-based uh, games. You talked yourself about how you've played and loved a lot of very bad comic book games. Uh Batman Arkham Asylum was the first one to show people that this can be done the right way and be a really good game. You're giving me a face. I am giving you a face. <laughs> um, I don't think this is the first instance of a very good comic adaptation into a video game. I will argue it, would, it is probably the clearest example from a modern gaming perspective. There's a few games that you would now deem as retro that I think set the groundwork for this game to be as good as it is that being said i appreciate what arkham asylum did it is not the best game in the arkham trilogy and because you didn't bring me the best of the best bat i'm gonna have to put this at number four just above scott pilgrim but below goldeneye wow <laughs> yeah and this is coming from a guy who's marrying the biggest batman fan that. he's ever met he's but she's not in the room, so it's okay. No, she's not in the room. It's okay. Let's move on. Alex, you're up. Quick. quick okay. Come on. Okay, I'm going to choose as well another superhero game as well that came out the same year as Arkham Asylum. And it is a game that took, it took a character and basically just made God of War, but with that character. It's X-Men Origins Wolverine. You took the worst X-Men movie ever made yeah. and you make a good game around it. No, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine is worse than everything else. Everything else is is pretty bad. Last Stand? I, I pers Last, oh, no. Last Stand is a watchable movie, at least. Hey, it's bad. It's it bad. It's not good. It's far from good. But at least it's like, I don't know. It doesn't It doesn't completely ruin a character uh, in the that you then see in other movies that essentially ruining him in those other movies that are actually better. Either way, you take a really terrible X-Men movie and you just say, fuck 90% of the story. We're just going to have him, we're just going to kind of try to tiptoe around it as best as possible. We're going to tie it into Days of Future Past as well. And we're just going to let Wolverine kill shit. It's awesome. I love X-Men Origins Wolverine and I just wanted it on the list. Uh, I can't argue with anything you said, except for maybe the worst X-Men movie, but it's, it's kind of like a yeah. race to the bottom there. 
Yeah, cozy. I, they're so close. Like I just want to say, like, I haven't watched uh, X Men: The Last Stand, so I can't compare the two. But like, my honest impression from X Men: Origins Wolverine is, it was just boring. Like, it landed in that very specific spot of it's really bad, but it's not bad in like a fun way. It's just a kind of a slog to get through. So I will say, yeah. I think X Men: Origins Wolverine is watchable. I cannot stand, ironically, The Last Stand or X Men: Dark Phoenix. I mean, they're all pretty terrible. So. I cannot wait to see what Kevin Feige is able to do with the X-Men. But what they were able to do with X-Men Origins Wolverine, the game, actually saved a bit of... It redeemed a bit of that IP. And I really liked it. And Wolverine is dope. And Hugh Jackman got the short end of the stick with that movie. And just to make it up to him, personally, I think I'm going to have to put X-Men Origins above Batman Arkham Asylum at number four. Steve. Wow. <laughs> You're making right. the list interesting for round oh, two, that's yeah. for sure. And uh, let's say this last pick before we get to round two is going to be a bit of a wild card, so I'm just going to go eeny, meeny, miny, Nathan, because you complained about what um, I just did. You're going first. 24 years ago today, Scott Hall walked onto the stage in WCW Nitro um, and changed the rescape forever. One of those things that we got out of that was WCW versus NWO Revenge. Uh, one of the best wrestling uh, games ever made. I know a lot of people talk about No Mercy. I talk about No Mercy. Um, I just happen to love old school WCW, the NW. Some videos today with it being the 24th anniversary of the debut of Scott Hall. Um, and I had some nostalgia for it, especially the NWO. And I thought, we're talking licenses. Uh, world Wrestling Entertainment is a license. This should be on the list. There is no question. No, I, I agree with you. The wrestling licenses are licenses. It definitely deserves a place At on the number list. one. But where do I put it? Because, like... Roll the I, dice. I really like this list. Um, and I don't really want to sully it with the B brand, I mean, to be honest. To make it what... What makes it difficult, right, is I feel like a lot of these games, Batman, Arkham Asylum, X-Men, Origins, Wolverine, even Skrillex Quest all have this, like, fighting action framework whereas this one is kind of in an entirely different genre than most of what we've already talked about no i'm just i i feel weird putting this on the list and not oh. something from the a brand that inevitably won the monday night war in something like no mercy yeah. sorry um, for presupposing and, i'm not super familiar no with no Russell. it's okay it's okay you're welcome to your opinions even if they're wrong okay um <laughs> i would like to point out that these games led to the wwe actually having good games because before that, um, THQ was making the uh, WCW games, and then the WWE eventually got THQ to make the exact same games, uh, but for the WWE and the exact same engine. I mean, we all we all tweets. know sequels are better. So I'm sorry, Nathan, but this has to go at number seven, below Scott Pilgrim, but above Strong Bad. Um, this list is a bad list. It's a great You're list. A bad person. Whew. Okay, Alex, let's let you go next because you didn't want to wait to the end the last time. Oh, uh, I got, I got two, but I, I know I can only um go go with what your heart like follow follow your guiding key. Okay, um, I think I'm gonna remember how earlier I mentioned how turn based RPGs just don't appeal to me, and most of them I just I choose not to play just because I don't wanna I don't really like that style. Well, there's another game uh, that besides Persona that has done that, and that's South Park: The Stick of Truth. 
I think Stick of Truth is a hilarious, it takes the style of South Park and translates it perfectly in a game. Like, it feels like you are watching a season of the show, and it's one of the best seasons of the show. Enough said. I love Stick of Truth. It's one of my favorite RPGs. It's one of my favorite licensed games of all time. Uh, looking at the list, though, I think some of the arguments made on some of these other games were better, mm, unfortunately. And given like the cultural impact of some of them, I don't think I can put this any higher than number four below GoldenEye, but above X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okay, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay, AJ, I'm going to need your next pick. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to have to go with the Witcher 3. The Witcher 3 is a game that you can jump into without having any prior knowledge to the license it is derived from. And you can pick up and play and you know exactly what to do. It doesn't require any of the previous knowledge to move forward. It, it gradually lets you in on the story through the the amazing world that it puts you into and once you start actually playing it it's really really hard to put down it, it it's it's fantastic and and the source the source material alone is probably one of the better uh, i'll call it fantasy series uh that it's been derived from and i don't read books i bought those books I read those books. They're they're really good. And the fact that it translates so well to a video game as a license, it, it's it's phenomenal. Specifically The Witcher 3 because it's the best of the three in my opinion. Yeah, and I think most people would agree with you on that. Uh, and it's one that I've had on my list for a long time to get to. I just you never really found... I, I own it. I bought it during a PSN sale a month or two ago and I'm very much looking forward to getting to it. Um, but I haven't played it. Mm. And... I've played a lot of other games on this list. Fuck. But I know how much this means to so many people, but I can't in good conscience, having not played it, not having a good opinion on the game, I got to put it at number five. So it'll go below Stick of Truth, but above X-Men Origins Wolverine. Fair enough. Okay. Cozy, I need you to finish off this round one of what I think is a great list. A great game of 5x5. Five five. It's the worst so, list ever. So, uh, I, I want to start this <laughs> off by saying that my joke game was going to be Sour Patch Kids World Gone Sour. which was. I'm really glad you're not talking about Sour Patch, Sour Patch Kids. Kids. Uh, I, I figured that Skrillex, like, that kind of hit my quota for the day of video game weirdness. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to bring that one up. Instead... I'm going to tip my hat to a movie actor by the name of Vin Diesel and bring up the Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. Um, this was a game created by a little developer now, which is slowly but surely going away of the Dodo by the name of Starbreeze. And it was the game that put them on the map. It combined action, stealth, and a variety of different genres or aspects of different genres all into one really fluid, immersive experience. And it did a really good job of like both putting you in a position of power and kind of giving you that you know, power fantasy vibes while also making you feel scared and putting you in situations that, you know, force you to 
be very kind of cognizant of the fact that you aren't in complete control of your things, which is a difficult thing for a lot of games to do to kind of strike that balance. Yeah, I mean, I, and again, this is another one that I've heard great things about. I know how much it did for the medium, it did for the developer, it did for the IP, because the game, it's another instance of the game was better than the movie, right? We have Wolverine, we have... Yeah. This is gonna this is gonna piss some people off. We have Goldeneye because that movie wasn't very good. We have Scott Pilgrim, which I really enjoyed the game. The movie is good, but I enjoyed the game more. Um, that being said, I hmm, like this is such a good list. It's hard to find anywhere to put these games. I just want to keep putting them above Nathan's, but that's mean. Um, I think Chronicles of Riddick is gonna go at number. See, I played Scott Pilgrim. I didn't play Chronicles of Riddick, so I'm sorry, Cozy, but it's got to go at number it's nine, uh, just above WCW Nitro, but below Scott Pilgrim. And with that, we can call round one complete. So, thus far, uh, just to let people know who are listening and who are watching us live on twitch.tv slash pressyyz, the way that the scoring works in a game of 5x5 five five is essentially the top 10 is where you get your points. You get one point for spots 10 through 6, two points for five through two, and you get three points for being in the number one spot. So after one round, our top 10 looks like this. At number 10, you've got WCW Nitro, Nathan's pick. Number nine, you have Chronicles of Riddick from Cozy. At number eight, you have Scott Pilgrim from AJ. Seven is Batman Arkham Asylum from Nathan. Six is X-Men Origins Wolverine, Alex's pick. At number five, we have The Witcher 3 from AJ. Four is The Stick of Truth from Alex. Three is Goldeneye from AJ. At two, we have The Walking Dead Season 1 from Cozy. And occupying the number one spot, we have Spider-Man 2018 from Alex. And Surprisingly, the... no Star Wars. Yet. That was no my Star other... Star Wars that was... yet. That's fair. You just wait. That was... Yeah. Uh, the way the points break down at the moment after round one, Nathan trailing behind in fourth place. Cozy comfortably in third. AJ just nipping on the heels in second place and out in the lead is our wonderkin who has not yet won this game, Alex Ballant. Woo! This so is let's get into I round two. Always lose. Round two is where we get to start making arguments and Alex loses. Given the way the points look right now, uh, Nathan, I'm going to let you go first because you got some ground to make up. So which one of your games do you feel deserves to be higher on the list than another game here? If you make your argument well with a quick rebuttal from the person you're up against, I'm going to put it above it. If you don't, then it's going to stay right where it is. So let's And when I say put above, it's going to put it's going to push everything down the list from that spot. It's not it's not just going to swap, it's going to It will not swap. It pushes a, the whole list down one spot depending on if I like your argument or not. Got it. So, let's fix this terrible list and start by putting Not a great start. Uh, I'm telling the truth. I'm a truth teller. Um, okay. You're a truther. You're not the one building the list, but okay. Um, Batman Arkham Asylum, where it should be. Um, if not beating Spider-Man, right under Spider-Man. I'm going to put it right under Spider-Man. You're discounting Batman Arkham Asylum being um, the best game in the series, which it is. Batman Arkham Asylum was a revolution. We already talked about that, so I'm just going to strictly talk about... Um, what it did it was metroid uh in small uh batman gets stuck in arkham asylum and he is stuck there with all of his villains uh what you said city was the number like the best game city waters down the formula puts this terrible open world in it 
fills it with stupid Riddler trophies, and dilutes the experience to a terrible to a terrible point. It's better than Arkham Knight, but Arkham Asylum is the concentrated, pure formula of the Batman Arkham series, and it is the best in the franchise. And Spider Man wouldn't exist without that game. Um, I will say one thing. And I don't know if I mentioned this, and if I didn't, I apologize. But what we do in round two is we argue against another game on the list and give a uh-huh. reason for the person that initially gave that game to rebute. Uh, you wanted it above Walking Dead. You did not mention Walking Dead once. You did mention Spider-Man, so let's say you were putting it up against Spider-Man. I don't think your argument holds a candle to Spider-Man. Uh, Alex, do you want to rebute what he said, or do you want me to just leave it as it is? I'm giving um. you the choice. Um, I think, well, my, my only argument about what it does, uh, you say that like Spider-Man wouldn't exist without it. At least Spider-Man has a pretty good ending where I think Batman Arkham Asylum kind of fizzles out near the end. I think the boss fight is actually impactful in Spider-Man where it's not in Arkham Asylum. Cool. Unlike Arkham, unlike Arkham City, which had a really meaningful ending. Uh, Arkham Asylum is going to stay where it was because the argument wasn't really there. Sorry, Cozy. He didn't talk about the Walking Dead, so I couldn't let you rebuke that. Sure. All right. So Arkham Asylum is going to stay where it is. Cozy, I need you to argue why one of your games needs to be above another on this list. This is tough because, like, obviously I'm not going to argue for The Walking Dead Season 1 being above Spider-Man. And I, I feel like Skrillex Quest, like, as much as I genuinely do love that game, it's a lost cause. So I'm going to have to argue <laughs> for Chronicles of Riddick. And I'm going to argue for it over the witcher 3 i have a lot of respect for the witcher 3 i think that you know it's clearly the masterwork of cd project red and i don't want to disrespect that however you know one of the criticisms that the studio received over the witcher 3 is that it is a immense game some would say too immense of a game and one thing that's great about the chronicles of riddick is that it's a game that is perfectly trimmed in terms of the amount of content that it offers. It's one of those typical like six to 12 hour uh, action adventure games. And over the course of those six to 12 hours, you're doing a wide and large variety of little actions here and there. And basically like for as great as The Witcher 3 is, I have, you know, I can definitely, I, I definitely sympathize with a lot of people who are like, hey, you didn't need to stretch it out this long. We could have gotten to the kind of good parts of this experience sooner. And I feel like in that regard, I think that the Chronicles of Riddick comes out on top because it basically doesn't waste your time in terms of let's get to the good stuff as soon as possible. All right. I like it. Uh, AJ, he's coming for you. I need you to tell me why The Witcher 3 isn't an overly bloated, long, drawn-out experience. There is a clear through line that you can follow in The Witcher 3, just like any open world game. You don't have to do all that extra bloated stuff. That's that's sort of not the point. And the, the, the biggest point about it is at least The Witcher 3 is memorable. The, the Chronicles of Riddick, like, okay, it's Vin Diesel. Uh, it had shiny reflections. Uh, I remember that from the Xbox original Xbox demo, um, but what? What? Yeah, sure. Okay. It, the, Vin Diesel's movie is a bit of a 
cult classic, but like yeah. the 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 vastness and the fact that you can create your own path and story in the witcher on your way through the 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 main through line like it's it the, so many parts of that that are are so memorable whether it be the snowball fight whether it be um the the, the what, what was that that baby oh my oh, god that baby yeah. Um, yeah. uh, the Red Baron quest, um, ver- yeah. fighting fighting the wild hunt and realizing, holy shit, they're, they're elves? Like, what? Like, yeah, exactly, right? Um, th- th- I, I remember nothing other than Vin Diesel about that. And so, as bloated as The Witcher might be to some people, at least it's memorable. You admitted the game was bloated. You, I asked you to keep it brief, and you didn't, and you spoiled the Shit. DLC for me. For that reason, That's... Chronicles of Riddick is going above the Witcher oh, no. at number five. <laughs> Not the spoiled DLC. the main game or whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I oh, spoiled the main game. Great, Which is, thanks. Yeah, yeah, even worse. You're welcome. yeah, yeah, it's way worse. Yeah, you suck. Um, yeah, so Chronicles of Riddick is going number five because we have a zero tolerance policy Sorry, for spoilers. AJ. Ah, all right. AJ, it is now your turn to figure out where you want to put something on this list. Put it up mm. against something else. What's it going to be? Hmm. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's hard. It's a good, <laughs> yeah, it's no, a like, good list. As much as yeah, Nathan like, doesn't like it, it's a good list. Well, and like the key, it, the, well, the key here right now is uh, because it's not like swapping places with something, it's pushing everything down. You have to do the math. Like, okay, so is this... Is it going to get you the points? Is it going to get get you the points? So at this point, just to to get a a point, <laughs> even um, you got to shoot big. You got to go big or go shoot, home. Even though we're all at home. home, staying in quarantine. Yeah. Um, Scott need, Pilgrim. All right. Ha, I think in in general, based on its pick up and play nature. Um, the fact that you can jump right in, uh, play a level or two, get and get through it, get your fix, do do what you got to do, is is a, a just a much more enjoyable experience than I personally had with the Stick of Truth. Okay. Cool. Alex, he's coming for you, so I need you to argue why the Stick of Truth is not. How can I how can I how can I phrase this? Uh, yeah, this is tough, eh? That the, hey, Mitch? I need you to argue why the Stick of Truth is a more accessible experience than Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Okay. Well, what I would say about that is it's very accessible in the genre that it's in, which being an RPG. It's it the tutorial is very thorough about like what can you do in your turn base and like what can you do during your move what can they do during their move and how to properly set you up for success in that game and all of the random encounters and fights you have throughout the the story i can't deny that scott pilgrim's not accessible but i think south park is equally as accessible in the way that it presents you the information and also in a comedic way in its story and presentation with having like cartman make fun of you while you're learning the mechanics you're just making me remember that tutorial and it was really funny and i really gotta go back and play that game again um yeah, i want to play it on the switch yeah I so to do play i fracture butthole 
Fractured Butthole is good. It is yeah. not as good as Stick of Truth. That's but right. it's hard to it's hard to be better than. Speaking of things that should come to the Switch, Scott Pilgrim should come to the Switch. Scott Pilgrim should, should be everywhere. In That's like a perfect yeah. Switch game. All it's right. Just be on everything. Uh, something else that was perfect is the argument that AJ made. There was no good way to say yeah. that. Like, there's no there's no real counter argument to what he said about it just being a pick yeah. up and play experience. They're totally different. And the fact that I like having a pick up and play experience, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Scott Pilgrim above Stick of Truth at number four. I didn't think I'd be doing this, guys, but I'm doing it's it. A hard. It was that was a really hard one to argue. Right. Against. It that was Sorry. wow. Kudos to AJ. That was a oh. that was a real good one. All right, Alex, who, who does, you, you're feeling the pain, but you've got a chance to bring it back, bring it home. You got one last right. shot in round two. Which of your games deserves to be higher on this list? Well, I think. Wait, what do you mean this... he's feeling the pain? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still in the lead. <laughs> Not by much. That's one true. More, yeah. One round more move three kicks, kick, kicks stick of truth out of the top five. You might be screwed. I mean, Nathan's yeah, screwed because of all his at the bottom. But I mean, that's just life. But he could, he could easily be the wild. This card is a bullshit list. Everything in round three. So that's the plan. I'm sure. Right, or right, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alex. Which right. of your games deserves to be above another game on this list? I am going to ch- ooh, oh! I just realized. Oh, I don't. The only thing that I can do, basically, no, it's not the only thing I get. Okay, um, you, you can just try- pass. No, I no because either way, the the list will stay the same regardless. So I, I feel like I want to just try the argument and see Go how, for it. how well it goes. But uh, X Men Origins, I believe, should be above Goldeneye. Uh, the reason I would Why? say that is is for one goldeneye if you're trying to play that on an n64 now it is wildly wildly not inaccessible uh what's the the word uh dated like it's a really rough game to play because of the hardware that it's that it's forced on um it was really impressive for the time but if you try to play it now it's painful like the fact that you can like enemies in the distance if you can literally not see them because the render distance is not far enough like it's just not a good game to play now where x-men origins wolverine i still pull it off my shelf and just play through the first couple of levels in it because it's just so much fun ripping and tearing as wolverine okay aj he's coming for your game so i need you to argue why goldeneye as it exists on the n64 is a timeless experience it's one you can pick up and play now and have not skipped a beat um the the fact that you can just hook up your n64 get a couple controllers together and play that amazing couch co-op um and still have a great time bowls of popcorn some mountain dew you know as as you do we're video gamers right doritos um but like yeah okay you mentioned you mentioned that it doesn't hold like the with the render distance and everything it doesn't quite hold up as well but in my experience like that very first level um, of of Goldeneye, uh, where you're playing on the dam, where which is the opening scene in the movie, like that that still looks like the opening scene in the movie. It's just low poly. Like in terms of not holding up, that that still holds up. It's still mind blowing to think that they they recreated that whole scene from the movie in that that moment control wise the yeah sure 
the the N64 controller these days is a little cumbersome and doesn't quite. It's got three dildos on it. Like, what the fuck is that, really? But like, you know, for Goldeneye, it it, it was so versatile and such a revolution that it, it's the the nostalgia alone of being able to hold that controller and play Goldeneye like you used to it is unlike anything else. It's it's fantastic. All right, I think we're we're running a little long, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it there. But that was a good argument, um, and I think you made a good point. And I'm gonna leave things the way they are because I feel like Goldeneye, at least from a from a, a licensed game perspective, it's a better license than X Men Origins because X Men Origins was a fucking dumpster fire. So we're gonna leave it as it is. So your top ten after round two looks like this. At number ten, you have WCW Nitro. You made number the nine list. is Batman Arkham Asylum, which <laughs> pains me to see way that way down there. But say lovey. At number eight, <laughs> at number eight we have X Men Origins Wolverine. Seven is The Witcher Three. At number six you have Chronicles of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay. Number five is South Park: The Stick of Truth. Number four you have Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Number three. We have Goldeneye on the N64. At number two, you have the first season of Telltale's The Walking Dead. And holding down that number one spot, for now at least, we have Spider-Man. So, round three is going to break down a little differently. We've had issues in the past of people picking random things off a list that they've never played. So what I've done for the list that I have today of extra licensed games that I think are all great, I have things broken down by generation. So we've got Old School, which is anything on the NES or older. We've got Gen 4, which is your SNES, Genesis, Turbo Graphics generation. Gen 5 being PS1 and 64, Sega Saturn. 6 Dreamcast being Dreamcast, GameCube, PS2, Xbox. We have the PS Wii 60 generation in Gen 7. And Gen 8, we have the Wii U, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. So you'll get to pick yourself a generation. From there, we're letting the dice take the wheel again. I will roll a die. I will tell you what game you've gotten. And we will go from there. Based on the way things look right now, Alex, you're sitting pretty up there at the top. So we're going to give everyone else a chance to catch up to you by making you go first. So give me a generation. You want to just give me a number Uh, or you can give me a console and I can figure out that. give Give me 360 PS3. 360 PS3. All right, you got it. So we've got one, two. Oh, that one's not there. Neither is that one. Oh, crap. Um, Okay, you're getting a D4. Actually, no. You've only got three there. Um, So I'm going to need you to give me a number between one and three because I don't have a three-sided die. Uh, Two. Okay. You need to argue why Captain America, the first Avenger, needs to be on this list of the best licensed games of all time. Okay. Um. (laughs) Coming in very confidently. (laughs) Um... It was, you know what, for an onslaught of shitty MCU games that we had gotten before Captain America, Thor was bad, Incredible Hulk was not very good, Iron Man 2 was terrible. Did, did they do a licensed game yeah. for the MCU Hulk? I only remember Hulk Ultimate yes. Destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it was a super watered-down bad version of Ultimate Destruction. That's not good. Um, yeah, and so like we got an onslaught of pretty bad games. Iron Man, Iron Man 2 were bad. Um, but Captain America was the one out of all of them that was 
actually playable. It was very much an Arkham Asylum clone. Uh, I can't deny that. It but a lot of games at that time were starting to take that combat system because it was so good. And so, you know what? And you got Chris Evans uh, doing the voice for it. And he, he, out of all the MCU actors, he seemed to be the only one who actually cared. And it was cool because you got to see some of the stuff that was cut over in in uh, the movie of like the montage of all the World War II action that they just kind of briefed past, but you actually got to like experience what was Captain America doing during World War II. Uh, I do have one thing to say. I messed up the title of the game. It is Captain America Super Soldier. Um, and right. I'm actually trying oh. to confirm I think I'm looking cause... at the wrong game on YouTube then. Uh, it should be fine. <laughs> is there any other Captain America games on the 360? I Hold on a sec. I, I'm currently looking I, I at... I need to look at the... Oh, no, wait. Actually, yeah, I am. Captain I'm America at... Super Soldier, published by Sega for the DS, PS3, Wii, 360, and Nintendo 3DS in 2011. N never mind. Well, I was, I was looking for... I was looking at the right game. Okay, so never mind. I For some reason, I felt like that came out before Arkham Asylum, but I am dead wrong. That came out in 09. Um, yeah, and it was definitely because, after. It came out the same yeah, year as City. Yeah, so given it came out the same year as the better Arkham game, I can't put it above Arkham Asylum, so I'm sorry, Alex, but Captain America Super Soldier is going in at number 10, just above that WCW really, Nitro. That was a really hard one to You to didn't argue. pick a great generation, I'm just going to say, um, because all of the good games from that generation are already on the list. Oh, so right. you were left with straight trash. Uh, okay, AJ, you're sitting in second place right now, so I'm going to ask you to uh, give me a generation. Mm -hmm. let's go with what generation the... do you know best yeah let's go with the gamecube generation going gamecube okay uh you actually are in luck in that not a single game from that generation has made this list yet we've got nine so i'm just going to roll you a d10 if it rolls a 10 um i'm going to give you the best game i think off the list or actually what i'm going to let you do is i'm going to let you re-roll and if you don't mm -hmm. like that game, I'll let you roll again. If it rolls a 10, because that's a critical. We rolled a four. So you have to tell me why SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom deserves to be on our list of best licensed video games. Holy shit. So, hmm. We're all kind of funny fans here. We, that is we correct. Love the, we love the entire crew. We do. And we love... We love one of the newer members, Mr. Barrett Courtney, and he Have champions this game? this game so <laughs> <Okay>. much. <laughs> Honestly, that's my argument. No, I, I, <laughs> I did not. This I really should have given you guys. I really should have given you guys re rolls here. It wouldn't have helped Alex, but it might have helped you. For context, it this was a, an early Media Molecule game. It was basically them getting their sea legs and kind of gaining the experience that they needed to <laughs> make likes. bigger and better games with big uh, the little Big Planet series and oh. uh, whatever that Vita one was. Tearaway. Tearaway, that's it. Tearaway it was does, a great game. It, it doesn't look bad. It's getting a remake. The video I'm seeing, it looks like one of those games. Um, and therefore, <laughs> it should be somewhere on the list. Yeah, they're remaking it because people loved it so much. Consider that. I did consider you it, make your verdict. but it's not going to make the top 10, so I'm just going to put it at the bottom to make things easier. All right, fair enough. It doesn't deserve to be at the bottom, I'll give you that, but it's just easier I for mean, me. I mean, you could have put it at number 11. I could, but I'm not going to. This was okay. easier for me. I'm lazy. <laughs> um, Cozy, I'm going to need a game or a generation from you. 
Uh, let's go with the oldest generation. You want to go old school? Okay, we got four games on that list, okay. none of which have been selected yet. So okay, here up we to go. Fate, we've rolled a two. I need you to tell me why the Simpsons arcade game deserves to be on our list of best licensed video games. I've played this one a lot. <sighs> Everybody, Let me guess you haven't played it. <laughs> no, but I actually, I actually do know about them. This is this one is of those old game. school games that I actually do legitimately know about. Um, okay. So the Simpsons arcade game was mm -hmm. interesting because it was actually created relatively early on in the Simpsons uh, life, like when the show was really kind of just starting out. Uh, and despite the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of material to work with, uh, the developer of the game honestly did a really good job with it. They got all of the kind of various character quirks of the main Simpsons characters correct, and they delivered a memorable and challenging, but not overly so, uh, beat-em-up side-scrolling game. That they did. The Simpsons arcade game from 1989, I want to say, and I could be totally wrong, but I don't care at the moment. I love this game. I love whenever I walk into an arcade that has it. I like when I walk into a bar and I've been drinking and they have it. Um, and in terms of a licensed property, I think it's actually relatively memorable. And I think I'm going to put it... Oh, this one's going to cause some controversy, but I don't Whoa. really give a fuck. Ooh. I'm putting it in number four. Below Goldeneye, Ooh. but above Scott Pilgrim. Mm. Wow. The thing that's interesting about this game is, you know, like I was saying, it was made relatively early on in the life cycle of The Simpsons uh, as a property. And you can tell when you watch footage of it because a lot of it is like Bart and the rest of The Simpsons beating up like these like businessmen executives that never appeared in The Simpsons show proper. Because like at that point in time, The Simpsons didn't really have a whole lot of... You know, it didn't have as expansive of a world as it does now, and it didn't have as many villains. So they're like, oh, let's just create create these crazy yuppies to fight the Simpsons. It came out in '91, by the way. Um, and yeah, '91. Thank you. I used to sneak away and play this game for my grandmother's because it was at the bowling alley when I was a kid, and I'd walk to the bowling alley on my own, and then they get mad at me because uh, I really enjoyed it. It's also the same. Uh, it's from Konami. It's the same um, yeah engine that they did the Turtles games with. That were the four-player hmm. beat-em-ups. Uh, if Cozy had rolled a different number, maybe we were talking about Turtles instead of uh, Simpsons. But that is what fate dealt, Cozy. And we are where we are. Nathan, we're down to the last game. You've got a shot at not finishing last, maybe. I um, Before we uh, get into that, I just want to quickly switch over to the view of our current rankings. Myself, uh, Alex, and AJ are all <laughs> neck and neck. We have a three-way oh. tie-in first, and then we have Nathan. So who is Nathan going to screw over? It's going to be somebody. Um, based on this list, <laughs> it might be. But based on the list, it might be himself. It, it's either it's either himself or AJ, um, or potentially Alex. Who knows? But you know, I could just pick a PS3 generation. They're already that bad, and just make you guys. Talk. I mean, the two games that are left there, I really like, and you've probably played them. But I want you to pick. I want you to pick from the heart. So I want you to pick the generation that means the most to you, and then I'll give you a crappy game to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the SNES. We're gonna go SNES. I've got five games. I'm gonna do the same thing for you that I did for AJ. I'll roll a six. If it's a six, you get another roll. If you don't like what you get, you get a re-roll, and that's it. And I shouldn't have given you that option because I just rolled a six. So you've scored a critical hit. 
So with this next roll, you will get an opportunity to re-roll. We've rolled a five. Do you want to discuss Super Star Wars for the SNES? Or do you want to let fate roll and go for one more game? Let's go for one more game. Oh, for one more game. Okay, this could do it. And we've rolled a one. I need you to tell me why Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game, needs to be on this list. Nathan, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) All right, it's Morphin time. Um, So Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game, is based on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Has a villain I'm quite named, familiar with it. Has a villain named Ivan Ooze, who uh, is very critical to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers lore. He's not. Um, but what <laughs> it did do was actually make a good beat-em-up for kids to play. Um, it had the White Ranger in it, uh, which was really cool. Uh, we've talked about which Rangers are cool and which Rangers aren't. Um, as well as the Replacement Rangers. Uh, it was just a good solid beat-em-up Um it's a good property. Uh, the Power Rangers belongs on this list. Uh, yes, um, it should be number one. I think you should shake this up and actually make this number one. I, I'm just going to be honest here. Uh, Mitch, you and I could be good if you make this number one right now. And you should consider it. What the fuck would that mean if I did you that? You should though? do it because that would make this list good. And you and I would be okay. And you love Power Rangers. And I know you're considering it right now. And I think you should just do it. I do it. Do it. I can't do that to Alex. He hasn't won yet. I need to at oh, least give I him a chance have, at that I redemption have round. Said that. No, it's okay. I want to make this fun for everybody. So Nathan, as much as I really, really want to put it at number one, it's You're only coward. gonna get as high as number three, <gasps> below The Walking Dead, but above Goldeneye. And with that. I don't want to do math. I'm anxiously watching the graph. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Um, I think, AJ, you're not going to be happy. Uh, don't Ignore yeah, it for I... a second because it's going to say cozy, but it's not cozy. We are in a tie. Nathan, unfortunately, you made a valiant effort with that last game, but it still lands you in fourth place. But AJ, he pushed you out of first by knocking one of yours out of the top five. Alex and Cozy, we're going into the end of this game tied. Uh. So I want each of you to make the argument for why the Kingdom Hearts series needs to be on this list, the better argument for Kingdom Hearts wins the game. Okay. Did the graph not update yeah, for I'm not anybody else? Update yeah, update it's not updating. Oh, no? Nope. Okay, because I've got Nathan at two, AJ at four, Alex and Cozy at five. Something happened. Yeah, no, it's... I'm going to refresh. I <laughs> just did, and it's still... It's not... Still poop. Changing. Maybe mine yeah. didn't save. I, regardless. Wait, did you put Nathan? We've got. I don't think you put Nathan's game in. No, I did. At number three, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers: The Movie, The Game. Really? I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. Because there's still an empty. Yeah. There, there so isn't for me. Oh, okay. it didn't. Ha- it might okay, not have so. saved my changes. Yeah, it didn't. So say, it's, it's. No, it's it's trying to save, but it won't save. Yeah, so let me just do the one of the thing real says, quick. Okay. Last edit was made six uh, minutes ago by Mitchell George. Yeah, I'm seeing that as well. So I'm just going to refresh and hope that my internet doesn't crap out on me. Um, Because it's been a bit choppy tonight, and I apologize for that. Uh, Okay, Um, how do we want to do this Kingdom Hearts thing? Actually, no. You know what? I know Cozy knows Kingdom Hearts better than Alex, so that's not fair. Cozy, you're going to argue for Kingdom Hearts, as I said. Because I feel you you know those games well enough, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. 
Okay. okay, if you're giving uh, him, you, you I, I thought you were going to give me like then. you were going to give him Kingdom Hearts, and you were going to give me something I don't know as well. I, I we could I go that route. That would be more fun, actually. That's a good idea, Cozy. I, okay. Um, yeah. So let's go with Kingdom Hearts for Alex and for Cozy. I want you to argue for just looking at my list of crazy weird games. You know what? Fuck it. I want you to argue why E.T. needs to be on this list from the Atari 2600. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Huh. Uh, we'll let you go first, uh, Cozy. Well, Tell me actually, why e. hold on. I here. might have a prop that I can bring in. Uh, so can Alex go first? Fine. I promise I'll be back right, as Alex, soon as I can. I think I know this. Right. Why, why is Kingdom Hearts a good use of a license and deserving of the, being on this list? Also, Google Docs is crapping on me so if someone wants to Cozy's put already done nathan's it. in at three. Oh, has he okay good my bad yeah. guys. my internet no right, like he, me tonight AJ yeah did. i i think i i think i fixed it to what it's that's okay me. thank you i appreciate it alex alex um kingdom hearts right, why yeah. is it on this list um so disney is pretty cool it's a pretty great license because it encapsulates so much that are just that they're cultural touchstones um i'm, I'm gonna they, say one thing here if you mention uh -huh. one Disney property that is not in Kingdom Hearts, you're automatically going to lose this game. Okay, well, I so know... So be careful about what you mention. Okay, I know what's... I, I have a pretty good idea of what's in it and what's okay. not. Or at least, you know, like the main line, like the numbered ones. Okay. Um, I think the way that they did, like, they, they covered so many bases of Disney, like Tron, like Pirates of the Caribbean like um toy story and like that's just really cool that you can kind of get like all like you can have live action parts of disney as well as having goofy and donald duck following you around and it it's just it's something that's it's completely different to everything else around it even like it's just such a weird combination that somehow works it shouldn't, but it does for the most part. Okay. Thank you for that. Cozy, let's keep it brief. We're running over time. I need to know why E.T. for the Atari 2600 needs to be on our list of best licensed video games. In 1983, this game, which I happen to have in this very domicile, was released on the Atari 2600. As we all know, yours truly has fantastic taste in games. And thus, it stands to reason that if I already have a copy of this game in my house, I mean, there can't exist an argument against it going to number one on this list. Congratulations, Alex Ballant, who has oh, won this no. game of 5x5 five five for the best I, uh, licensed video game properties. At number I 10... with a Kingdom Hearts argument. At number 10, you have X-Men Origins Wolverine. Number 9 is The Witcher 3. At number 8, Chronicles of Riddick. At number seven, you have South Park, The Stick of Truth. At six, you have Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Number five is The Simpsons Arcade Game. Number four, you have GoldenEye. At number three, a game near and dear to my heart, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the game. At number two, the first season of Telltale's The Walking Dead. And at number one, Spider-Man 2018, with the tiebreaker, Kingdom Hearts, going to Mr. Alex Ballant. Yay! Wait a minute, where does E.T. for yeah, the where does Atari Kingdom 2600 go? Uh, both of those arguments were terrible, and they're both going to go just above Skrillex Quest, but Alex's was at least a game, and yours was a literal trash. By Alex, you mean Alexander Casino, Alex Ballant, not Cozy. Alexander Fraser. 
With that, I think we can wrap up this game of five by five. Congratulations, Ooh. Alex Ballant, not Kingdom Hearts Alexander. Here, Kingdom what if? Hearts. Hold on, I'm gonna read the description from the back of the box for ET, and you can tell Thank me. Thank you more for coherent. joining us for this Ouch. episode. ET of is lost on Earth and wants to get home. Help him build an interstellar planetary telephone to call out for assistance before his energy runs out. But beware of government agents and curious scientists who will sap E.T.'s precious energy before he reaches his goal. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Press YYZ. You can find the show on Twitter at Press YYZ and at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Press YYZ. If you have anything you want to write in for the show, you can do so on Twitter by DM or you can email us at PressYYZ at gmail.com. I've been your host for this week and I don't want to do it again very anytime soon. So next week, Nathan, you're going to walk us through a video game rehab of the PlayStation Plus program. So look Could forward to timely. that. <laughs> Let's hope so. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Mitch George and all the other socials are the same. AJ, where can people find you? You can find me all over the internet at Times Hero. Cozy, where are you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Cozina and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Cozy Real Live. Uh, I want to put out a quick call out. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I've become obsessed with Apex Legends. I'm getting a little bit tired of running with randos all the time. If you out there love Apex Legends and even looking to squad up with somebody else who is very much into the Apex Legends, please hit me up on any of my social platforms. Uh, I currently play on PlayStation 4, but I'm willing to make the switch over to PC if you're somebody who exclusively plays on that platform. Our sour boy himself, Nathan McInerney, where can you be found? You can find me at uh, the underscore NMAC um, on Twitter, as well follow me at ps4blog.net where my uh, Punch Boom Fly review is going to be going live tomorrow. Uh, as the game is released tomorrow so check that out please the victorious one alex ballant you're up uh so on twitter i'm blatantly underscore alex and on instagram i'm blatantly alex as well youtube which i'm gonna be taking a heck of a lot more seriously now uh is uh blatantly alex i just released a video from the time of recording uh, about why breath of the wild is really important to me uh, it it was a game that helped me get through a really hard time, and I put a lot of work into that video, and I'm really happy with it. I agree with you 100%. The podcast Twitter account has retweeted it. I've retweeted it. A number of our hosts have retweeted it. Anyone who listens to this show, watches this show, cares anything about video games or people, you need to go check out Alex's video, please. It's phenomenal. You need to watch it. And with that... Alex, have you considered being a film student? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. One school is back, but in the meantime... <laughs> Thanks for playing. Bye. Bye. Later. Adios.